Hey everyone, welcome to the Seven Podcast. My name is Isaac, and I'll be your host today. I'm here joined by uh, Pastor Doug Lake, who is our Tempe campus pastor here at Gateway Church in Arizona. He also oversees our uh, relational care system here at our church as well. And today in this conversation, we're going to be diving into the topic of mental health. This is actually part two of our conversation that we began just a couple weeks ago. So we're thankful uh, for Doug to be joining us once again. Let's get into the conversation. All right, Doug. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, go ahead and just say hello to everybody. Kind of let them know a little bit about who you are yeah. and kind of what um, what you maybe do here, what makes you you. Yeah, well, I, I am the relational care pastor here at uh, Gateway Church, and I, which uh, encompasses both our, our Scottsdale and our Tempe campus. Uh, I also am the Tempe campus pastor, and what one of the my privileges that I get to do is I get to sit with people and help them kind of process where they are yeah. uh, in life. Um, and and uh, I, I kind of see myself as like an ER doctor <laughs> in a sense because people, people come with uh, a lot of pain many yeah. times, and it's so courageous to even reach out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like, like God's helped me develop to become a safe place for people. And, and, and then what I do is I just kind of try to bring some stability mm-hmm. to where they are to transition them into uh, the type of care maybe that they need, whether it's a group, you know, yeah. I think many, yeah. many things uh, you'd be surprised at, the, at just opening up to other people for sure, how, how they can be uh, helped and healed in a lot of different ways. So that's kind of my role. I love uh, being able to do that. And uh, because you get to hear people's stories, yeah. you know, and that's what's to me such a, a powerful tool in our lives. So yeah, yeah it's been, been great to be here. Absolutely. Well, hey, like I said, this is part two of our uh, conversation on mental health. Actually, just a couple weeks ago, we had the opportunity to sit down with uh, Kristen Farley um, from Grand Canyon University here in the Valley, and um, she's a licensed therapist. And we got got to kind of have part one of this conversation um, at Seven Convos. Um, and for those who are listening, don't know what Seven is. Um, Seven is our young adult community here at Gateway Church, and uh, we had the privilege of talking with uh, Pastor Doug and, and Kristen a few weeks ago with part one. And uh, Doug, I'd be interested to hear just from you kind of as we jump into this part two of the conversation, just to kind of catch up some of our listeners on um, kind of what stood out to you, maybe from that part one of the discussion, um, just having Kristen here. um, What was kind of one of the big takeaways for you? Kristen was a gift. Absolutely. I I felt like, man, she she, uh, just had so many uh, sweet nuggets. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) That that kind of normalized just just some of the issues that we feel. And yeah. one of the things that stood out to me was her uh, description of our true self that God's made us to be. We have these events and these pains that come and they affect us in a certain way. And then we develop coping mechanisms for that mm-hmm. pain. And the whole goal of, of, of healing those is getting through those coping mechanisms to be able to dig around in the pain so we can actually truly become and, 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 and kind of get back to who God's made us to be and, and yeah. where um, I, I heard the emphasis of resting in God's love, right? which scripturally speaking, that is the foundation of our right. entire life. 
with him is just resting in his love. And mm-hmm. so she brought just some, some really sweet spiritual components, you know, there, there was practical things too, like yeah. uh, some of the, the tips that she gave of, of even kind of journaling out some, some of the things and, and yeah. uh, breathing, so, breathing, breathing. She yeah. talked about breathing. She even talked about, uh, I know some questions kind of came in about meditation and she kind of was able to kind of dispel some of the yeah. the, you know, fears or misconceptions or whatever. And basically just like, Hey, like pausing yeah. and like being aware of where you are right. and breathing and kind of just being aware of like how you're doing and how you're feeling. I, and so she brought a lot of that as well. I, I love the fact that, that breathing is all through scripture. Yeah, it is. It's all through scripture. And it even, uh, uh, in Job, it talks about how the, the spirit of God is the breath of God. Yeah. And for me, when I slow down and, and, uh, and just kind of take a breath a little bit, what it does is it reminds me when I'm human mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and I need to, to you know, realize that amidst all the things I don't feel like I have control over, I always have control over my breathing. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. And and I am able to like recognize what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at um, even verses like be still and know that I'm God. That's mm-hmm. a, there's a sinking in of, of that. That's the, the, the picture of being yeah. still is just sinking into where you are. And how do you sink in best when you take a breath in mm-hmm. and let it out? And you realize, holy cow, my shoulders are tense. You know, right, right. Uh, man, I've got like some things going on in my gut. What, what is that all about? You know, and yeah. again, not not casting judgment on it, but just slowing down enough to recognize, gosh, I'm not, I'm not doing so well. Or right. man, I feel it, I feel at peace right now, which mm-hmm. is great. So yeah, yeah, it was really good. It's actually something that that we practice with our with our daughter right mm-hmm. now. Is just like even before bed or when she gets worked up, is just hey, yeah. hey, take a breath. Hey, and so just kind of walking through even before she goes to bed or even nap time, I realize even for her, like to rest, you know, we yeah. talk about rest and how good it is for our soul and life and all of that. But when she goes to bed every night before bed or before nap time, we say, all right, so let's take a breath, yeah. have her take two or three deep breaths. And it kind of settles her in to her bed and okay, I'm okay. I'm two and a half, I'm, but I'm okay. In Can the I room, say like, that's really good parenting, you know? And <laughs> well, we're, we're figuring it out as we go. But. Well, and here's the deal. Think about this. If we, as, as, as people, start to put this into practice ourselves, yeah. then it trickles into other people, into, into our life. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like, like, they're, like um, it just starts with me. You right. know, I, I really, I all have control over is me. Mm-hmm. And so if I can learn to regulate myself, a lot of the issues that, and this is what I've experienced mm-hmm. as I've learned to in practice, that's it's what it is. It's a practice, right? practice. But, but as I've learned to do this, the things that used to get me upset and, and riled up, they don't matter anymore because what I'm doing is I'm building up my capacity mm-hmm. to be able yeah. to handle hard yeah. stuff. Yeah. That's, re- that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Building your capacity. And I think, I think to be honest, that's, um, that's one of the things that I took away from, from that part, one of that conversation with Kristen was even just, um, how much of mental health, you know, we think if I want to be healthy physically, I got to go to the gym. Uh, I got to yeah. establish good diet practices and 
eating regimens and maybe not eat a tub of ice cream at midnight, only yeah. half a tub or a quarter maybe. So true. Um, but when it, when it comes to our mental health, it seems to be more reactive than it is proactive. It yeah. seems to be something that it's like, oh, my back's against the wall. I, I can't, I can't see my way out. I can't breathe. I can't, I, I need to, oh, I need to talk to somebody. I need to figure this out or, or all this stuff is going on. And um, one of the things that she talked about is very much that our mental, treating our mental health the same way we do physical health and those things. In other words, developing practices ahead of time yeah. of doing relationships in a healthy way of recognizing it's, it's normal and it's actually good to talk about life with people yeah. and express how we're feeling and be aware of how we're feeling ahead of time so that when we get into experiences in life, we're equipped more so than we would be to handle some of those experiences because they, again, even just, it's, it's, it's very much a w- being aware that this is a common thing. Like yeah. it happens to all of us. We all have moments where our mental health is tested yeah. throughout our life with different experiences and loss and all of that that we'll, we'll talk about here in a few minutes. We, and we treat our mental health, I believe Isaac, like flossing. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. We, uh, Do it yeah, right before maybe, the dentist. Right. Totally. <laughs> the day before. Maybe I need to do that, but uh, I'll be okay without it. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, you've got crowns and all that kind of stuff coming. And, and, right. and I just feel like, you know, if anybody can hear anything from from the mental health conversation we had at, at, at seven, but also even from this is um, we have to steward well what right. God has given us. Mm-hmm. And our, our mental capabilities as part of loving God with all of our heart, our soul, yeah. our mind, and our strength. Mm-hmm. And I think, it, you know, there's, there's room to grow in this. Oh, and, absolutely. And that's where we're, we're headed. We just, we just want to learn to grow, to steward well what God has, has how he's made us. And, um, and man, can you imagine a group of people that come together to go, I'm going to steward my mental health because it actually helps me grow closer to God. Yeah. It helps me actually in my relationships with others powerful. Yeah, that'd be huge. It would be, uh, you know, it, it would really make a massive, massive difference in, in, in not just our life families, but, but through our workplace and culture and all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah. um, which is, which is great. Just talking about growth and, um, and it's really about growing. And I think as we dive into this conversation, I think that's kind of part of the goal is really for us to recognize that there are areas for us to grow. Um, all of us, no matter how great we feel we are at, at stewarding our mental health or um, how chaotic things seem to be in our life at the moment, um, we have places to grow. And I think as we as we dive into this conversation, um, you know, one of the, one of the things is understanding where and how you need to grow is is vital to then actually implementing growth practices, yeah. right? I, I need yeah. to know, you know, if I if I go to the gym and my my legs are small, I know, okay, hey, I I probably should focus on my legs a little bit yep. here, you know, which days. which kind of helps us helps me see and I, and I wonder the as we dive into this the the relationship between how we grew up um, and our parents. Uh, parents did their best, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, this is not parent bashing. No, parents did their best. But yeah. we understand that, yeah. you know, one of the things I'm learning as a parent now is no matter how hard I try, like, she's still going to, you know, scrape her knee every once in a while. Yeah. You know, she's still going to, yeah. you know, bonk her head and she's going to feel bad or, you know, tell her she has to go to bed. She's going to like, you know, oh, you're you're mean, you know, because you're making me go to bed. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, our parents do the best, but, but they can't give us everything. Right. And there are things that, that all of us, the way we grow up influences the way that we are now, mm-hmm. um, whether we'd like to admit it or not. Yeah. And I, I'm curious based on, you know, some of your experience and just some of your thoughts of that relationship between our parents and how we're raised and how we deal with our mental health now, what, yeah. what are some of your, what have you seen? Um, how does that relationship and how we grew up affect our mental health now? Yeah, I, I feel like it, it's actually part of adulthood. Uh, when we step into adulthood, there's a usually there's a transitionary time from, you know, end of high school, early college, you know, you graduate. Um, all of that season there is you starting to take ownership of you. And um, it, it's, it's a hard weight to carry when you realize my emotional health is actually my responsibility. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like, you know, I meet with a lot of people. And gosh, we've even had this conversation with, with our kids. We have, we have two um, uh, young adult uh, sons, and, you know, they're stepping into a new season of their life. Uh, you know, both of them gra- graduating college. And, mm-hmm. and so they're stepping into this new season, and, and we, we've sat down and talked with them. And, of course, our daughter, she's 17. And, and basically it was kind of what you said. We, we weren't equipped as we raised you mm-hmm. to give you everything you needed. Right. And, and no one ever will. Yeah. I think that's yeah. just like, we all just need to understand that like we're not going to get everything. Yeah. So true. Know? And I think it takes the, the pressure off of parents to have to be perfect parents or whatever. Right. But, but what I, what I hope people hear in this is, is as, as you become an adult, there is this shift to go, you know what? I, I've got to be in, and deal with the reality that I didn't get what I needed. Mm-hmm. And, and this is where I'm at. Right. I'm struggling and I need help. So I need to, to make some adjustments and changes. And, and there, there's no weakness in reaching out for help. It's actually a strength. Yeah. It's part of vulnerability to say, hey, I need something that I, that I don't have mm-hmm. or that, that I didn't get installed properly in some ways. Right. And so the, the hopeful thing in all of this is if we didn't learn it, whether we are in our 20s or in my case, in my in your fifties, mm-hmm. uh, you can develop it. Right. You can gr- you can change that narrative. Yeah. And and even like learn that that although I didn't get what I what I needed maybe growing up mm-hmm. as an adult, I am responsible now. Right. And it wasn't my fault per se. Right. You know the the whole great line of of uh you know goodwill hunting yeah uh, i don't know is, is, that scene is just every time you watch it it's so powerful where he just tells him it's not your fault it's not your fault it's not your fault right and, and until I think, he just breaks yeah totally <laughs> yeah. but but think about this it, it, it is not our fault because we are um sometimes products of our environment right and and so if we can look at that in a healthy way to go you know what I wasn't taught financial management. Huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, I can learn that. There's right. a lot of, there's classes online that I can, that I can learn that. And, you know, the uh, financial peace and, and crown and all, all the other ones that, that we're aware of. Uh, but, but I can develop these things that I didn't get as, as a child. And, and here's the, here's the deal. The bottom line is, is I think we learn much more by experience. Mm-hmm. Another word, way to say it is, 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 
uh, we learn more uh, by what is caught than what is taught. Yeah. And I think that's that's really so if our parents didn't prioritize mental health and we're maybe in touch with their emotions and, and didn't allow us to feel that way. Guess mm-hmm. what? We're not going to be in touch with our emotions and, and we may have some some mental health challenges. Right. And, and that's OK. Right. We just we just need to take steps towards understanding where, what is my responsibility yeah. and, and how I can grow in that. Yeah. And, and I am able to, to, to change it. I am able to change um, how I view some of those things now, even though I didn't get it. Yeah. I am like I, I'm in charge of me right yeah. now and I can I can go get it now. I can learn it now. That's and I a think, hard thing to embrace. For sure. And for I think adults, it's because sure. it's, it's easier to it's easier to blame. Yeah. It's easier to. Um, it's well, I should say it seems easier mm-hmm. it, in the long run kind of, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like becomes more destructive and what we're seeing even is more destructive. Um, more, it, it, it affects more relationships, all of that. It's kind of a, a snowball effect, but it seems easier to blame than it does to just take responsibility for where I'm at right now yeah. and, and move forward. I want to empower people, right? empower people into wholeness that God has, has, has given them and provided for them. Right. And the empowerment is taking that responsibility Mm -hmm. and it it takes small steps. Right. It's not like I've got to have all this down. Right. And I think, again, that's part of the weighted uh, pressure that we put on ourselves, Mm -hmm. which is really a traumatic response. Yeah. In, in, in a lot of ways that I've got to be perfect. That's, that's a traumatic response Mm -hmm. mindset. And we'll talk maybe a little bit about that, but I feel like, I feel like when when we can can come to terms with um, realizing that our parents did their best, mm-hmm. we grew up in a certain environment, and it has has uh, helped shape who right. we are, both good and bad. Right. So so we've got to hold on to to both of those, and that's a that's a hard part because we want to. To, to categorize it, it, it was all either all good or all bad. But but the truth of it is, it, it, it was kind of both. Right. Yeah. You know, there yeah. was some damage done, but there was a lot of great things imparted into us. Maybe maybe right. work ethic. You know, things things that you 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 don't quite put your your finger on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you know, your word is your bond. That's that's one of the yep. things my dad instilled in me. Like when you say something, you follow through. For sure. You know, and there's there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And and so I just feel like if you um, can embrace it in its totality yeah. and go, okay, where am I at? Evaluate and assess. And then take steps to growth. You're you're farther down the road than many people ever get. For sure. Yeah. And I think one of the things that that you you briefly mentioned, I'll just like reiterate is wholeness is possible, Mm -hmm. Um, but it doesn't happen in a moment. It doesn't happen in in a weekend. Uh, It's small steps over time. You know, we say a lot even here at Gateway that disciples uh, disciples practice, you know, Mm -hmm. Preston said in one of his messages Mm -hmm. and just the, 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 the point of as a disciple of Jesus, as, as someone who's trying to grow and and be more like him, I I continually practice and understand that it's, it's small reps every day, um, to grow, to get better, to become more of who I was created to be and the whole person that, that, um, that, that God's made me to be. Can I say this about wholeness? Wholeness is not perfection. Yeah. So wholeness is about maturing Mm -hmm. and developing. You look at the scripture and, and, you know, be perfect for I am perfect. We look at that and are like, oh, screw it. I can't do it. You right. Know? Right. But, but what if, if you look at that, that context, it's actually a maturing process. Yeah. 
and, and, and develop. And, and Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor of God. He had to grow right. in these areas, just like we have to grow. So he's our model. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to model our heart after him and grow in the wisdom that it takes to, to develop a good mental health. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we're going to, we're going to get to the question here in a second, but, um, but as we do, just kind of want to drop this nugget. We're going to take a break here, um, just for a, for a brief second, but on the other side, we're going to talk a little bit about, um, uh, loss and grief and trauma. Um, because I, I think even in, as we talk about family, there's a lot of losses that we don't necessarily, um, associate as losses and therefore continue to live life and kind of, you know, build behaviors and practices and all of these things to try to mask or heal something. But when we misidentify it or, or misdiagnose it, it can cause us to try to fix the wrong problem, you know? And, um, you know, I was actually, you know, really, really quickly, I was digging into just Gen Z a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Gen Z kind of hits the bottom half of our, uh, you know, young adult demographic. And um, some some new studies have come out that show that that the housing crisis of 2008 of um, the the wars that that our country has been involved in over the last few years, um, crisis, even yeah. COVID now, yeah. um, all of these things have have caused Gen Z to to very much develop this like prove it mentality with yeah. the world, trying to see what's going to stand the test of time. And we see a lot of students now, a lot of a lot of young adults that um, that are really trying to, um, you know, financially even just to, you know, one of the one of the easiest things to recognize is just the way that they treat finances now. You can tell is so much rooted in so many of them are so much rooted in fear, yeah. not realizing it's because I experienced my parents who lost a job or a friend who had to move because their parents lost a job or lost a home or something. And so it not recognizing that as a loss causes me to, to, you know, kind of keep going through life. And then I'm like, why am I, why am I, why am I doing this? Why am I this way? Why do I experience money in this way? And not realizing that there's some fears that are so deeply rooted that are causing us to, uh, common thread is loss loss. Yeah. Right. So all the more to dive in. uh, Yep. We're going to get into, get into loss, crisis, trauma, grief, right on the other side, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey everyone, welcome back to our conversation. I'm here with uh, Doug Lake, and um, we're we're talking about mental health. Um, and uh, so this is part two of our conversation we kicked off a few weeks ago in Seven Convos with Kristen Farley and Pastor Doug. And uh, so Doug, thanks again for being here with us. Um, on this 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 next little segment, we want to talk a little bit about about grief, and um, it's it is a huge subject and um one that obviously in our conversation we are recognizing um very few are equipped at uh properly walking through grief and yeah. handling it appropriately and and right. even getting the help that we need maybe even recognizing that I need to grieve am grieving um symptoms all of those types of things so um let's just talk about grief for a little bit what is it um what do we do with it? Uh, like, what, what are we supposed to do? Yeah. <laughs> I think just a little bit, kind of share yeah. some of your thoughts. Well, 
in essence, loss ha- uh, grief has to do with loss. Yeah, and and the it's the process of uh, letting go uh, in order to receive what's next in in many ways. Yeah. Um, so so I, it's de- definitely just one of those topics, Isaac, especially within the church and in our society, especially in the Western culture. Mm-hmm. Um, we are taught so much how to acquire things. Yeah. And how to get, um, but we're not taught how to lose. Um, and I, I heard I heard a prominent psychologist uh, answer the question: What's the best parenting advice that you could give parents? Man, I leaned in on this. I'm like, what is right, that? Yeah. Right. And he's like, teach your kids how to lose. Wow. And I was like, time out here. Like we how, don't like losing. <laughs> yeah. No. One, I don't Absolutely like losing. Not. But two. How can I teach something I don't even know how to do? Right, right, right. It's because it, it, things are caught more than taught. Yeah, and so, so it, it it just stirred inside of me like I've got to learn this for myself. Yeah, not so I can teach it for anybody else. I just want to be a healthier me. Right, and so I, I, I personally I did a d- deep dive into it and started grieving some losses uh, several years ago, and it's just hard work. Yeah. And I think I think that's one of the things that we have some misconceptions about really what it is. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, um I, I feel like like it's it's really part of mental health in a sense that that mental health is is really this radical commitment to reality. Yeah. And and loss all realities. All realities, right? Negative, positive, totally. All of them. But but you if you look at that as scripture even too, like like it's the truth that that brings freedom, right? And that's really what reality is. What is the truth about this particular situation? Yeah. And so, so you you look at at how we can navigate through that. Um, what are some tools that that you can utilize to to grieve? Well, first of all, you've got to you just got to talk. Yeah. That's it's it's one of the reasons why we have funerals. Hmm. Is is so we give a space for people to share with others. Wow, um, our our loss and what it meant to us, and and it's why we have funerals. And 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 you know a, a lot of a lot of times people will associate grief with with crying, hmm. and they'll say, "Yeah, I've already grieved that. I'm good." You know, right. meaning I've cried a lot about it, and I don't have any more tears to cry. Right. Well. Tears are part of it, mm-hmm. but it's really kind of getting into the emotion of the impact that the loss has had for you. Right. And when I can share that with someone else and it's be received in a healthy, in, in a, a way that's not being you know fixed, um, I, I, I think there's healing that yeah. takes place in that. What I've noticed, too, is when someone is grieving or is in loss um, or has experienced a loss, we want to fix it. Oh yeah. We don't want people to hurt. We don't want people to be in pain and we we lose an opportunity to lean into that because we don't develop uh, or haven't developed maybe the empathy muscle. Yeah. You know, so it's it's uncomfortable. Oh, it's man. what do I do? It's uh, like I, I I'm supposed to sit here and yeah. just connect and just yeah. be. I think it was like even Jesus like when 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 Lazarus passes and and obviously Jesus is is you know, uh, Jesus is grieving it, obviously, mm-hmm. but there are so many others that are grieving it as well. And he doesn't, he doesn't try to fix it. Yeah. 
He sits Don't you know I'm the resurrection and the life? Like, I'm so glad he didn't. Like, we'll, we'll get there. there right? <laughs> yeah, like, we get right. there for sure. But, like, um, let's just be and let's let's cry together. And, yeah, that that well, hurts. That's well, sad. God could have put our, our tear ducts any place in our body, but he chose our eyes. Right. Because when we experience pain, mm-hmm. someone needs to see it. Wow. That's good. Someone needs to see our pain and and give an empathetic response. Because when I'm sharing empathy, empathy is different than sympathy. Sympathy is I feel bad for you and I want you to be better and I'm going to fix you. Right. Empathy leans in to, to validate the experience. Yeah. So, for instance, if someone has lost a loved one that meant so much to them, you don't just cry about that for a week. Yeah. You You have to talk about how much that person meant to you yeah, and the different experiences that you had and why they meant that to you. And, and even, even get into the frustrations yeah. of that person because the totality we hear at the funerals, all the good stuff. Right. Right. right? <laughs> but we all know that, that, and then my wife and I just recently had this conversation. I told her, I said, at my funeral, people are probably going to say some really neat things about me and I'm grateful for that. But like, like, don't leave it there. Like, make sure that people know some of the struggle of my, so they see a full package. And she's right. like, "Oh, don't worry, I, I'll definitely." <laughs> you know, my wife. So she's they like, see oh, a, yeah. so they see a real human. A real, they see a yeah. real person. Yeah. But that is that is the 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 because there's conflicting feelings in grief. Right. There, there's this feeling of like, uh, any. Let me let me define grief. Because I think there's so many different types of, of – it's not just the loss of a loved one. There's like 40-plus different types of, of uh, things that are losses that are considered grief. So, for instance, a death. Okay. 100% we know that. <clears throat> right. A divorce. It's a loss of a relationship. Retirement. Hmm. You know, moving into a new season. of No longer are you that productive guy. Right. That loss of a career or career? a – because a lot of times Purpose, our career like makes us who us who we are. Identity, yeah, is attached to to what we do. Uh, moving is mm. a loss. Yeah, I didn't know this, uh, but in learning this, moving, uh, I moved nine times my first twelve years of life. Wow, I didn't understand how much loss of of security that was for me. Yeah, until I started to dive in to go. Oh, that explains a lot as an adult. Yeah. Wow. That yeah. explains a lot. I mean, if, of course, pet losses that are part of the family that, you know, yep. that are can be devastating. Financial changes, like you talked about, yeah. the, the Gen Z, uh, either an increase or a decrease in wealth. You're like, wait, 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 an increase is a grief? Yeah. Yeah. Because really grief is is the conflicting feelings that come about because of change or a disruption of our pattern. Wow. Yeah, and, that's good. And isn't that what we just experienced through COVID? Oh, absolutely. Like our entire pattern of life, the world mm-hmm. was was has gone through this massive grief experience because yeah. things were were taken from us, and, and the, the loss of of being able to go to a ball game, the loss of uh, of the, you know the hugs and and all that stuff. I remember just feeling like so disconnected, like I've never felt before. Right. Um, you look at even legal problems, and and even the season of of, of empty nesting. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're we're on that precipice, my wife and I, right yeah. now. And so we're we were like, okay, what do we need to 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 grow in? What do we le- need to learn in this? Um, the end of an addiction. Yeah. That is a grief because I knew who I was. 
when with I'm that. on, yeah, yep. when I'm on alcohol, when I'm on drugs, all of that. I know who I am there, but who am I? Yeah, without that. But that, and that's, and that's the thing I think, like especially in church communities, we're like just, just move on. Like we're just, we've got this. Like mm. let's just get to the promised land and pretend like nothing else existed. Yeah, and. But I think what you're what you're saying is, yeah, like it's it's great to get there and we want to get there. We want to grow. We want, but like even just understanding the season that we just left yeah. is is a loss and, yeah. and kind of grieving that it transition and something. Yeah, it means something. You see it in the, the Israelites in the desert when they're wandering. Yeah. You know, they, they weren't properly grieving what they left. Mm-hmm. Um, they were looking at what they were going to. Yeah. And they're like, hey, we're not there yet, right? And right. so there's this constant, well, we had three square meals back yeah. then. But Almost wanting also, to go back. Right, yeah, like. right. But you, you remember you were in slavery, yeah. right? And right, you right. were beaten and, you know, all of that. So I, I just think even in the church, um, it's not scriptural to mm. not pause right. and, 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 and grieve the loss. I mean, we've got, uh, you know, two-thirds of the Psalms our laments. Yeah. We have a whole book on lamentations. Read Jeremiah if you want you want to learn about grief. I mean, yeah. the, the whole book is this loss and anguish over Jerusalem and is, you know, Israel. Yeah. And so it's You got all Job throughout. just like pouring his heart totally. out like, you know, uh, throughout the whole thing and God just kind of like lets him. Yeah. Get it out. Yeah. And then he you know, he steps in at the end and hey, here's where we're, you know, sure. here's the, here's the reality, here's this, but you know, 40 plus chapters of him just yeah. pouring his heart out and yeah. grieving. And I think our Western culture um, uh, doesn't allow that because yeah. that's, not, that's not enough. We've got to continue to take ground, so to speak. Yeah. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I mean, again, it's more, it's more caught than taught, right? Yeah. It, what was caught for me it, growing up and, and maybe many kids, if the, you lose a, a toy, hey, it's okay. I'll get you a new one. Right. I can't be sad about about this, you know. Yeah. And I think we, even with my kids, I was like, "It's okay, I'll get you." Or my my kid would would fall down and hurt himself. Where you know, I pick him up. You're okay. Right, You're right, right. Okay, yeah. don't cry. You know. Yep. And so they learn not to cry, not to right. feel sad, not to. Oh yeah. man! And I feel like if we can allow the different emotions that come from the loss, and and pro- provide a safe space mm-hmm. to give some empathy to validate what's, what people are going through, uh, to comfort those that come. I mean, it's in scripture, yeah. comfort those who are mourning. Yeah. And, and what we want to do is we want to just give them the hugs, but comfort is be with me while I experience a loss. Yeah. Just be with me. Yeah. Don't tell me all the great scriptures. Don't tell me how, like, I need to sit with this for a moment. Right. Yeah. Because I know all of those scriptures. You right. Know? Right. And well, Henry cloud says like, jump in the well, like, yeah. Jump yeah. in the well, uh, him and him and Townsend. Right. I, I don't remember which one sure. says it, but uh, jump in the well and right. like just kind of. So in essence, when we, when we lose something, our life has been pushed into the bottom of a deep, dark well. Yeah. And we can't see out of it. If you've ever lost someone that, that was really important to you, it's devastating. Mm-hmm. And, and it's hard to get unstuck from yeah. that. And, and what is life going to look like without this person now in my life? Mm-hmm. And so you just, you just feel like, it is like, how am I even going to get out of this? Like, I know I'm going to yeah. one of these days, but how am I even going to? Yeah. And jumping in the well with someone to be with them to say, gosh, 
it's so hard mm-hmm. what you're going through. I'm really sorry what yeah. you're experiencing. How can I support you? Can I just be here with you? You know, yeah. instead of asking someone how they're feeling, just say, hey, I'm going to do this for you. Right. I'm going to bring you a meal, you know, tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Will that work for you? Yeah. You know? And, and, and don't, don't ask for, you know, how they're doing. You right. know, th- they're going to be doing pretty yeah, badly. They're, yeah, they're probably yeah. doing yeah. how as you think they, they feel or worse, you yeah. know, and it's just sure. like we don't need this. And just again, be. we want them to feel good. Yeah. And that's, a, that's good. But the, the feeling of good, and they're going to have some good days. They're going to have some bad days. That's part of it, right, yeah. to, to be able to, to have those conflicting feelings that come about because of this change. Yeah. And, uh, but embrace them where they are empathize, validate, mm-hmm. and then and then let them come out of it with you. Yeah. They're going to lead us. You know, and I think I think when we think of grief too, one more thing is we think I don't want to get depressed. Yeah. I don't I don't want to go there, you know, because of of, you know, family history and that is such a valid like concern. Right. You know, for yeah. for you. Um, but what if it looked different? Yeah, that's my my question is, what if we can actually go through a grief process that's healthy in a sense that I'm doing my work, but I also have a support system. Whenever right. you go through pain or trauma or a change or transition, you need number one support. Mm-hmm. Always get the support around you. Reach out to the safe people that are in your life yeah. that are not going to fix you, that will lean into your pain. But then restructure some things. We may It may look like. I need to go for a walk three three times a day. Yeah. I may need just to get outside. I may need to schedule a time away out of town once a month. Mm-hmm. Like 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 develop a structure. Maybe you need to to get involved into a, a grief group. Some really good ones, uh, especially around the Phoenix Valley, uh, that that uh, that are, are helpful because they give you tools to process that negative emotion and and kind of work through to completion. Yeah the grief that is in your heart. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Yeah, one of the things you said, I'll just kind of recap it. Or recap, recap it. Yeah, you can recap. That's fine. <laughs> is, yeah. uh, is, is it's important to understand the impact and the gravity of, n- not just seek to, I just want to get out of this, yeah. but like feel that, like understand the impact that that, that that loss, that that trauma had. Yeah. And I think what you brought up is, is, is so great. So many of us don't want to dig into these losses that, that we that we've had traumas that have happened, um, even it, things we've experienced growing up as kids, and some of we don't even want to identify them as losses or traumas because of the I don't want to yeah. I don't want to get depressed I don't want to get anxious I don't. But I think what I'm seeing and and correct me if 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 you're seeing something different is not doing it is leading us there already. It's not working. Not not digging in is already leading us to to places of depression and and anxiety and yeah. overwhelming worry and fear so much that that begins to control our life and and the thing we're afraid of experiencing if we dig in yeah. is actually what we're experiencing now that's keeping us from walking in health and wholeness in yeah. in so much of our life. One psychologist puts it this way that grief is the pain hmm. that cures most pains. Wow. And and I've experienced some of that. I, I'm a testament to, to wow. some of that. And I feel like if we can develop um, an understanding of the health that comes from, I mean, the American Medical Association statistics show 
that 80 to 85% of our physical issues that we, we deal with, the, hmm. the pains, the diseases, all of that are emotionally related. Wow. So I would, I would just propose that yeah. much of that is unprocessed loss and grief. Yeah. I would propose that. Hmm. And as we learn to how to, to navigate through that, because here's, here's the truth. Okay, we want to deal with reality because mental health is a radical commitment to that. Right, right. Um, as you dive into, it's going to stir up other griefs. Yeah. And here's here's the I want to like downplay all of this that just because you start to deal with the losses doesn't mean you've got to go back and and deal with every loss you've ever had. Right. That's right. not true. Right. There are certain things that have impacted us, and and the tools that are provided provide maybe a. a uh, your 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 loss um, timeline. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing a loss timeline of of the different things that you've lost and, and the different um, impact that it had on you. Some mm-hmm. some losses aren't that aren't that much. Right. Uh, but but there are other losses. The the loss of a child. And, you know, in, maybe mm-hmm. infertility. Um, maybe there was abuse. Yeah. It's a horrible loss of safety and a horrible loss of innocence. Yeah. I think even now, like loss of a job, like oh, so many man. people this past year who lost jobs, who yeah. um, lost loved ones, yeah. lost even, uh, you know, not to not to interrupt too much, but even just the loss of what we thought was normal mm. this past year is, you know, I, I just wonder, and, and I'll propose the same thing, is that mm-hmm. I wonder if some of the the things that we're experiencing and even the ways that 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 emotionally we're feeling may be connected to not digging in and 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 working through the loss of what i thought was my life what yeah. i thought was normal what i thought 2020 was going to be what i thought and I think of so many people who were supposed to get married last year who yeah. didn't get married last year sure. now they're getting married this year but that's still a year that they yeah. that they lost graduations and graduations yeah. absolutely that was that was uh, definitely a, a sad point for you know seniors in high school and in college last year yeah uh, not getting to to celebrate some of that especially yeah. after working so hard um, trauma is real yeah and 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 you know a part of loss is is understanding trauma hmm. and its impact on our lives and again you've got the the there's two types of trauma. You got the the big T traumas and the little T traumas. And and, and there's an author by the name of Andy Kolber. She wrote a book called Try Softer, mm-hmm. and she talks about this in 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 her book. And it's a fascinating look at, at how those big T traumas we we know they're huge gashes yeah. in our life, you know. And and uh, but then we walk around though with with uh, these little T traumas like neglect. Wow. Growing up as a, you know, and maybe our needs not being met in some way. And you're like, ah, that's not traumatic. Um, yeah, over and over and over again. Yeah. Uh, you're bleeding out. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, the, these things actually um, impact our system. Yeah. God has, has made our bodies miraculously. I mean, just, just wonderfully and fearfully made, as it says in Psalm 139. So our bodies are always looking to be safe. Hmm. I just want to be safe. 
Yeah. It's it's called neuroception. And so in, in this, every room we walk into, we're just looking to go, am I safe here? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. That looks like a nice person. Oh, great smile. Okay. Scowl over on that guy. Yeah. Staying away from him. Right. She looks mean. She reminds me of this person, you yeah. know. So, so all of those different things, we just want to be safe. Yeah. And our body... Is, is trying to keep us safe. So it, 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 it uh, alerts us mm-hmm. in some ways that you're not safe. So let me propose this. What's safe for you, Isaac, may not be safe for me. Wow. Yeah. So that's good. If I've had a traumatic experience with someone who looked like the guy that you're talking to, yeah. guess what? I'm going to avoid him. Yeah. You may like, he's a great guy. Right. But that trauma has infected and, and, and hurt my system in such a way that that in order to cope with that, I had to avoid that guy. Wow. You know? Yeah. In order that's... to cope with, with, with being safe, I had to avoid him. And so I, there, there's so much to this. There yeah. really is. And, and it's part of our mental health. Um, but, but uh, you know, we hear the word trauma and we hear the word grief and we're like, ah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're, they're just <clears throat> words that describe what we're feeling and what we're going through. Yeah. And so I want to, I want to help normalize that yeah, and, and help bring some understanding to, yeah. to the conversation, especially here in the church. Yeah. And you, you mentioned just about like, like longing to feel safe. And I think that's just to, just to go back to what we said, just about that, that tendency to not just to jump in the well, don't try to fix it. Yeah. Don't try to get them because again, what, what makes me feel safe may not make someone else feel safe. And, and sometimes I may jump into a situation and try to fix it because I want to feel safe. And I feel like I, I want to help them feel safe, but I'm not actually helping the situation because I'm leading them to my area of safety, not their not where they're safe and, right. and those types of things. And so just, uh, so good. Yeah. Su- such a good, such a good conversation. So, um, Hey, we're going to get, we're going to get to another, uh, quick break really fast. And, uh, on the other side, we're going to talk a little bit about some practicalities. How can I evaluate and test my mental health? What are some warning signs that I should be looking for? And now what should I do? We'll get to a quick break and we'll see you right, right back here in just a minute. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for, for sticking with us. Um, if you haven't hit the subscribe button for the podcast, I want to encourage you to do so now. Uh, but hey, uh, I'm sitting here still with Doug. Um, and uh, in, this, in this little segment, we're going to talk a little bit about, um, and uh, Doug, I'd love some of your thoughts on how can we evaluate and test our mental health? We talked a little bit about grief so far, loss, trauma, and how, how we've grown up as a, as a kid and, and the, what we've experienced, both positive realities and negative realities, um, all have an influence on the way that I steward my mental health now and my relationships and all of that. Um, but how can we, what are some ways practically that we can evaluate and test our mental health? What are some of those warning signs that we should look for? Well, I, th- I think Kristen said it best um, in, in, in just being proactive in our uh, mental health understanding. And I think, uh, you know, understanding that, that um, 
we are a conglomeration. You know, let me, can we start this over again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> conglomeration? What? Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll scratch that and we'll, we'll start back here with the, uh, with uh, part uh, three after that second break. Hey everyone, welcome back. Thank you so much for sticking with us. As always, if you haven't hit the subscribe button, uh, we'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, still here with Doug. And um, Doug, what, what are some ways, now, now that we've talked about grief, loss, trauma, talked even about how our experience, um, experiences that we've had so far, both negative and positive realities have, um, they all affect the way that we steward our mental health now. What, how can we what do we do? Yeah. How do we evaluate where we are and test yeah. kind of our, 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 where we're at with our mental health? It's interesting because our mental health comes out in our behaviors. Yeah. You know, it really does. And, and well, you, you, you definitely don't want to look at like necessarily one-off behaviors. You yeah. want to look at patterns. Patterns. Yeah, that's good. And, and patterns are, are, are something that you've got to really adjust. So here's a good example. Um, Let's say you wake up in the morning. First thing you wake up, you reach over and grab your phone because typically we will use it for our alarm. Yeah. But then if 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 before I get out of my bedroom, I'm on social media, um, that that's not healthy. Yeah. And so so a one small step is to to really like like ask myself, can I really? unplug from technology hmm. is that even an option for me yeah like can i take let's try one hour wow for for so many that's Just, gonna be yeah it's gonna yeah, be yeah. difficult yeah but, but i'm gonna set my phone down i'm gonna plug it in another room and i'm gonna go in another room or i'm gonna go for a walk or I'm, I'm going to just, just, it's okay if I don't have technology with me yeah. for a moment. Because there is a fear, I think, for some, if I don't have it, something, what if I need it? Right. You know, what if someone reaches out to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's a really good indicator. I mean, that's, that hits hits us below the belt. For sure. <laughs> All for of sure. us, you know. Yeah, way to like, start out with an easy oh, one, Doug. <laughs> but there, there's other ways. So, for yeah. instance, if, if I am... If if I'm not really trusting of other people, wow. If it, if I'm suspicious of 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 other people in in, and again, it, we're dealing with a lot of pain from the past, mm-hmm. and and we're just learning and want to be safe. Yeah. And so if 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 I feel like I've got to put walls up, which we can can uh, erroneously call boundaries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> boundaries are not walls. Okay. Right. Boundaries are permeable that yeah. you can go in, but you decide what comes in and what goes out. Right. And so there's an empowerment with with a boundary, but we can put up walls. So there's there's this lack of trust yeah. in other people. Uh, the lack of boundaries mm-hmm. is a, a good indicator that something's not right. Yeah. Uh, because codependency yeah. shows up there that I uh, that your your um, you know, your well-being is more important than anything else. Yeah, for me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's definitely, of course, we can we can tell the things like insecurity, low self-worth, those kinds of things. But but maybe having trouble expressing emotion, hmm. maybe having trouble because um, we're all emotional. Yeah, we we. I mean, uh, there's some that are more emotional than others. And that's just how they're wired, and that's right. okay. But we are all wired. 
by by God's creation to express emotion. Right. The fact that we don't express emotion, I feel, is a coping mechanism mm-hmm. to the environment maybe that we grew up in so mm-hmm. that we could keep ourselves safe. Right. Protective mechanism. We it's weren't able protection. to like express freely when we were a kid yeah. or growing up. And so now we're locked off. Yeah. I even think like going back to your thing on social media, even I think like if we get to like 10 a.m. in the morning, 10, 11, and we already feel rushed, hurried, mm. I wonder if it may, if we may see a pattern of, well, I woke up a little late. I didn't get sleep. I stayed up late last night. Yeah. And the first thing I did was jump on my phone for an hour. The first thing I did was interact with every single person in digital media. Yeah. And then I jump into my day. Now I'm rushed. I didn't get to, I didn't wake up. My body didn't get to wake up. I didn't, my mind didn't get to healthily wake yeah. up and I've been there. experience the morning. I just like jumped right into like computer yeah. screen in the face. And then we're wondering why we're anxious and worn out and overwhelmed by 10, 11 in the morning. And yeah. It just is, it, it all compounds. It does. It really does. And, and again, it, for people may, who, who may be predisposed to anxiety, to, to depressive uh, things, it, there's, there's a cognitive uh, understanding of really what's happening and, and maybe difficult concentrating yeah. uh, is, a, is a good sign, you know, mm-hmm. that maybe there's not mental clarity. There's a little fogginess of the brain. Uh, again, negative thoughts, continual negative thoughts. That, that things aren't going to turn out well. Yeah. Um, that That is definitely oppressive in some ways. Uh, then you look at even a physical, you know, issues, like maybe difficulty falling asleep. Hmm. Um, and, and, and primarily that is because of, of technology. Yeah. That studies have shown that. Yeah. And, and so, so um, understanding that, you know, maybe my sleep patterns are off, uh, feeling overall fatigue. Mm-hmm. You know, if you you haven't had a, a strenuous day, so to speak, and you you come home from work or from school or whatever, and at the end of the day you're fatigued, hmm. uh, there's something maybe mentally that yeah. that needs to be adjusted. Yeah. Uh, because mental uh, again, and I will say this that that grief um, uh, is like this this underlying program. Wow, that is continuing to run, yeah, and 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 it drains our battery really mm-hmm. quickly, yeah. So so th- again, those are f- just some physical signs. Appetite changes, of course, yeah. all of that. Then you have emotional things like, like feeling guilty all the time. Huh. You know, um, uh, we've all been around s- certain people, and I've I've been one of these. Like, oh, I'm sorry, saying sorry for everything. Yeah. Why do you, why do they feel the need to to be sorry about yeah. something? And what did you what are you doing wrong? Uh, just a, a general overall hopelessness that wow. things aren't going to get better, uh, worthlessness, shame. Yeah, shame Shoot. is a huge one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we, we we could spend the whole program on shame. Yeah. and the effects of it, and we we may need to do that. Actually. Right? Yeah, that might be, uh, add that to the list. That is the overall general sense of you are bad. Yeah, you have to do better. You're not enough. You've got to do more, and and that's where perfection mindset sets in. Yeah, and 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 not truly understanding our value and our worth is not in what we do or how we perform, and and so again that that shame is such a huge part of that emotional component of understanding, you know, depressive moods, apathy, loss of interest, numbness. Yeah, and then of course behaviorally isolating yourself. Yeah. 
That's a, a huge, that's a huge one. Oh yeah. man. And, and I, and I get it. Like, like, like there's introverts, extroverts, and right. that, that's great. Again, we're trying to, to stay safe mm-hmm. and all of that. But, but isolation, um, pushes people away. Yeah. Um, and, and isolation is different from just, I need a day to myself. Yeah. Like I've been going, 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 I've been with, you know, I just need a day to rest, relax, just me and the Lord. Like that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. We're talking about the continual drawing away, keeping away from community, from those people that God's put in your life. And even protecting so much to the point that you don't even allow any of those people in whatsoever, yeah. you know? Yeah. And many times it's, it's shame driven, <clears throat> yeah. you know, that, that I'm not enough. And I, I, I can't let you see me in this right. condition. Don't see me. Can't. You yeah, know. yeah. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, those are just, just some signs, um, that I feel like, you know, the judgmentalism as well. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've struggled with that for years of, of being judgmental of other people. Mm-hmm. But then when I realized that the judgment of myself was so strong, right? Um, then I realized that's where it was coming from. Yeah. Wow. It was coming from because I, I had such a strong judge in my mind and my heart um, that, that I had to project that yeah. onto other people. And, and so, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of different factors. And, and again, I think if we just pause. Yeah. Slowing down, slow breathe down for a moment yeah. to go, where am I? Yeah, absolutely. A- am I, am I, um, operating at my maximum capacity? Yeah. And we could all say no to that question. That's probably not the best question, but, but am I, am I, am I healthy of mind and heart? Yeah. Cause it's not about again, optimization and, and these, these, these power, you know, right. tools like Gary V. I love the guy, but yeah. Okay. you a little over the top with some of those things, but let's just say it's about health. It's not about bad or good, but am I healthy? Yeah. Am I doing good? No. Yeah. Am I doing is my, healthy? I think one of the questions is like, if I were to be honest, like, is my soul okay? Mm. Like it, Am I like, and I think that's where like just being truthful and honest. And like you said, that going back to where we like, where we started this thing with Kristen talking about just like, just literally pause. Like so much of this is simply just becoming aware of where I'm at right now. And just like being honest with ourselves before we can be honest with anyone else. We've got to be honest with ourselves and say like, where am I at? Yeah. And, and be aware of that. And then from there, we can grow. We can, I mean, we can, we can accomplish so much, but we've got to be aware of where we are to begin with and just pausing. Well, and I I feel like, like just having some practical tools of, of once you, like even trying to define where you are, like, like it's a lot has been said, especially in our culture that we live in here at gateway is, um, journaling is is an important piece Mm -hmm. of our growth and development. Um, so, so I, I use this tool called dump journaling. Okay. And what's, what's great about it, it is, it, it's not for necessarily for you to keep. Mm-hmm. It is for you to get out what's on the inside of you. All that junk that's yes. in there and, and all and those emotions. And try to emotions. tap in not just to the, the thoughts that you're thinking, but the emotion of behind those thoughts. Yeah. So here's a good example. Grab a, you know, if you're a morning person, great. If you're a night person, great. Sit down, get a spiral bound notebook and just start writing. Like, yep. 
I, I don't like writing. Why am I even doing this right. exercise? This is dumb. This, <laughs> this is, is so stupid. stupid. <laughs> I can't even believe that I am agreeing to do this. You know. Yeah. So so whatever those things are floating in your head, why is it that I can't write and sit down and just write one page? You know. Right. You hear that judgment there. Yep. Right. Why, why can't I? You know. So right. I'm starting out. I should be able to do this. You huge know. Like you judgmental start to see that. shame tone. Yeah. You know. And and so I think being able to to get out what's floating in your head mm-hmm. is such a powerful tool. And, and, and I've, here's one thing that, the, that I, I say to people, especially when I give them a tool to, to utilize, I will never give anyone um, uh, an exercise to do that, one, I haven't done myself, yeah. or two, that I'm not willing to do. Right. And, and so in doing this, I did this for about 45 days straight, hmm. uh, cl- close to 60 days actually. And in doing so, I realized that I have to I have to regularly get things out. Yeah, I, I don't. And, and so in, in doing this, it now my dump journal looks like maybe once a week. Yeah, my dump journal sometimes when I'm going through stressful seasons will look like two, three times a week, four times a week yeah. rather than every day. So I, I, I'm just telling you to do this as, as a practice yeah. to, to, to get these muscles in shape. But but what you look for is patterns. Patterns. Going right? back to again, just we're looking for patterns. Yep. Throughout and the once process. you recognize the pattern, you're like, ooh, I struggle with this. Mm-hmm. I may need to reach out and get help, or maybe I need to talk. That suicidal thought has come up. Yeah, let's a couple be honest. Times. Yeah, that's yeah. that's come up the last two or three weeks. D- don't freak out. You know, that's that's the tendency that the enemy would want us to like. Right. But yeah. like to just pause and go, huh? I wonder why. Yeah, I wonder. Like, and, and if we can stay out of the judgment of of the things we're putting down, mm-hmm. that's where the health is. Yeah. If I can actually put it down and stay out of the judgment of it, um, and and again, that's practice. Yeah, because identify it, the pattern, invite somebody in. Yes, <laughs> like immediately, like right away. Yeah. invite somebody. Like, get the help. Shine whatever. Light on it. Before I go down the mm-hmm. the rabbit hole of oh, well, this is because of this. And that's what, you know, and start judging the feeling and the emotion and, and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And I I just want to, I want to validate that, especially if anybody's out there feeling like, you know, I've got a, I want to cash it in. No, you don't, you don't have to cash it in. That, that is a valid feeling in a sense of you're, you're experiencing something that is giving you information Mm -hmm. that you need help. Yeah. That's all that is. And feelings are not bad or good. They're information. Yeah. So understand what the inf- information is giving you and then respond accordingly because you have purpose. Yeah. You have meaning. That's and so good. every morning we wake up, Isaac, we have purpose for that day. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. Um, so, Doug, if we're going to... Um, you know, it, it's great becoming aware, and it, but I, I think there's a there's a lot of people, and again, a lot of these questions are ones that have come in since our conversation, or or we didn't get a chance to get to them. But um, just just briefly, what are some of the some of the questions we can ask? I know you've got some questions, but how can we support those that that we do life with that that may be experiencing challenges with mental health or um, just some unhealth yeah. when, when it comes to that area. Well, the typical question that we want to ask is, how are you? Mm-hmm. And that's hard. Um, it's, it's a hard question. Um, what do you need? Mm-hmm. That's a hard one as well. 
Yeah. You know, and, and, and then we, we've, we've asked that a lot around right, here to right, people. Right. What do you need? How can I help? How can I, you know, and that's, that uh, comes from a really good place. Yeah, it does. But we have to get better at asking better questions yeah. to help people. And, and even, even, you know, a, a friend of mine is going through some grief right now. And so for me to come to him and say, hey, how are you doing? Uh, it's a little insensitive in some ways. Yeah. Uh, but a better question to ask maybe for him is, hey, what are you experiencing lately? Yeah, that's good. What are you experiencing lately? And maybe if, if you know and have a friend or yourself, uh, you know, you, you want to check in on, on someone who you know has some mental, what are you experiencing lately? What does hmm. that look like? Um, how, how have your, your thoughts been? Yeah. You know, uh, primarily. Uh, I think just uh, even getting practical. How are you sleeping? Yeah. You know, and, are, you know, when's the last time you've had a really good meal? Mm-hmm. And then, ah, um, uh, you know what? I don't. Does, does Chick Fil A count? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? right, right. Uh, it was a salad, but it had a lot totally. of fried chicken on it. <laughs> uh, so, so when you hear those answers, yeah, then instead of of um, just letting them go by, just say, "Hey, I'm going to bring you a home cooked meal tomorrow night." Yeah, will that That's work great. for you? That's awesome. No, it won't work. Okay, how about Saturday? Yeah, right. Don't let it. Don't let it. Don't pass. let it go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't let it pass. And I just think. Like, um, again, when we go through hard times, we need support and we need structure. Yeah. Okay. So, so asking for the support, are you getting the support you need? Hmm. That's a, that's a great question to ask someone who is struggling, whether it's in grief or mental health, are you getting the support you need? Yeah. No, I'm not. Okay. What does that look like to you? Yeah. That's so good. Cause I know what support looks like to me. Right. But it's about that. But I need to know what it yeah. looks like to you. Yeah, you that's know? so good. And I feel like, uh, again, if we can get better in asking some of these questions, yeah. Um, um, you know, um, w- what what can I take off your plate this week? Wow. Yeah. You know, yeah. how can I? If you are ready and capable to to step in and uh, proactively help someone who's struggling, what can I take off your plate this week? Yeah. I think in I think in 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 church a lot of times our response is so much, you know. I'll pray about you know. I'll, I'll pray for you. I'll uh, you know yeah. keep 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 fighting. Keep having faith. You know, and you know it, it just is. Um, it's not it's not helpful. It feels disingenuous. Yeah, it doesn't it, does. it doesn't create connection or yeah. feel connected. And and and, and I don't want to judge gets, people who who just say that. No, okay? I, I don't want to like don't hear that absolutely. in judgment. Wait, I just said that to my friend. Right, right, don't, right. Don't take there's that. grace for We're sure. We're learning how to how to 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 navigate yeah. through this. Yeah, and 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 prayer should. I think I, I would hope that everybody in my life recognizes that. Hey, prayer is a default. You're gonna get from me. Yeah. all the time. That's great because because I'm in relationship with you because sure. God's put you in my life because I care about you. Um, I, I hope people know and sense that that prayer is automatic. Sure, because they're in my life, you know. And so meeting them with some of those other questions of yeah. getting in the well, you know, jumping yeah. in with them, yeah. empathizing, and not trying to stand outside the well and pull them out. Yeah. You know, not throwing them a rope, saying, "Hey, let's get out of here." But jumping in and saying, "Hey, yeah, we've all had with that you. experience where maybe somebody was at the top of our well, yeah, you know, shouting out the great prayers and the great scriptures, yeah, you know, God bless them." Um, but I think there was probably a fear that yeah. they were experiencing. Yeah, of, I can't get down there because then I have to maybe like 
deal with some of the things that I don't want to deal with. Right, right. You know, and I've been there too. I've yeah. I've been the scripture guy and the prayer. And all guy. those are great. Yeah, they're, and they're they're we're gonna like I said like we've talked about like we're gonna get there and we're gonna we're gonna dig into scripture and what the Lord has to say yep. and all we're gonna get there. Yeah. But sometimes, like we need to sit again. Jesus sat and wept. Yeah. Before he went and met with Lazarus. You he, know what I mean? He Before understood he understood the value of community going through a hard time. Yeah. And and I feel like if you look at even his his you know hardest season of his life and going through the garden, mm-hmm. he has a meal with his 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 buddies, his his close friends, and then he asks his his tighter tighter group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, would you come? Would you come and pray and with me and just sit with me? Just yeah, be yeah, there. Yeah. And and he probably knew they weren't going to be able to hang. Right, you right. Know? Fell like asleep his a handful late night of times. Prayer sessions because <laughs> right. this is probably. Um, you know, Jesus routine. Yeah. But here he is in, in, in anguish. Yeah. Like if there's any other, like he's like crying out in, in deep grief, knowing that this was the road that he had to walk down, but he didn't want to do it. Yeah. He was human like us. Yeah. 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 But he, he saw the scripture says for the joy set before him. Yeah. Like even in the midst of the sorrow, he, he looked to the joy. Mm-hmm. Thank God for that. Mm-hmm. And that's what helped pulled him through. And, and 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 I feel like, you know, if we look at Jesus in in Scripture, He's our model that we want want to um, kind of hold on to, yeah, absolutely, and, and walk with. And I feel like one last thing, Isaac, if if we even in the prayer thing, mm-hmm. when we um, tell people we're going to pray for them, either one, pray for them right then, right. If if they're willing, hey, may I pray for you? Yeah, can I just do it now? I, I yeah. love it. I love it because one that activates me in that moment with mm-hmm. them, and in whatever I pray for them about, um, kind of sticks with me. Yeah, that's just my experience. Yeah, but another thing is, hey, this week, how can I pray for you? Right. How can I specifically how pray for I you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that 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 speaks of boy, I appreciate you even asking because that yeah. you're opening up. Hey, what are you struggling with? What what is a pain point in your life? Right, you know, and and uh, and you're stepping in to show them, hey, I'm here to support you. Yeah, I'm I'm here. I'm not just gonna say I support you. I'm I'm here to actually do that. And I know this is one of the things you've challenged me on. Uh, is even just through text is like literally texting a prayer. Mm-hmm. Like don't say like it. It takes literally two minutes more, maybe sixty seconds, than saying hey, praying for you to literally type out. Yeah. A prayer, yeah. like really briefly. But what it communicates to the other person is, hey, I support you. I see you. I am praying for you. I'm here. Yeah. You know, and, and we want to so be seen. Good. Yeah. We want to be seen. We want to be loved. We want to be valued. And those little things communicate that. Yeah. And um, and we can all grow in yeah. that capacity for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, thank you so much, Doug. I appreciate you uh, coming by and uh, joining us yeah. on a conversation. It's been my pleasure. And I just want to just, just shout out to everybody. Yeah. Like um, there's so many great things and resources out there to get help. Yeah. And man, re- reach out. And yeah. Just reach out to somebody. If you don't know where to start, we're going to get you know, some resources here in, in just a moment. But uh, you're not alone in the journey. And um and uh, and let me just say this Instagram um, <laughs> psychologist it, that is not therapy. Yeah. yeah. So th- <laughs> yes. you get some good info. Right. But 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 the true connection is r- relationship. Remember yep. letting people see your emotion. Like I I get to know you Isaac when I experience your emotion. Yeah. 
You can tell me everything about you, but when I truly get to know you is when I experience your emotion, yeah, not just your good. tears, not just, you know, uh, the, the, the laughs and all of that, but just really that's the essence of who you are and what you're feeling and going through. Yeah. That's super good. Yeah. That's super good. Um, like Doug said, we, uh, you know, in, in the break we just took, um, if you didn't get all those resources, jump back to the, to the, to the previous break about 10 minutes ago, you'll be able to catch some of those resources. We're also going to link some of those resources. Um, some of those resources actually are linked on our website. Um, thank you so much for tuning in as always. If you, uh, you know, we're super thankful for Doug stopping by. Uh, if you haven't hit the subscribe button, make sure to do so subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Follow us on Instagram, visit Visit us at gatewaylife.com for, for some of those resources. You can hit the, uh, the care tab there and uh, those will have all the resources um, and some practical next steps that you can take right now. And, uh, and lastly, if you're in the Valley, if you're in the Phoenix Valley here, we'd love to see you Monday nights here at Scottsdale campus, 7 p.m. 4, 7. Thank you so much. Have a great day. We'll see you later. For more information about our community and to stay up to date with everything going on at 7 and new content that's releasing every single week, make sure that you text 7 at 7 to 97,000. Don't forget, subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram at Be The 7. We love you and we'll see you next week. Be The 7.